Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes the Playbook, where uh, we're bringing our coaches' insights direct to our community. Um, I got an interesting one today, Coach B. Um, you know, this is something that I think we've been chatting ever since the the creation of Meta Athletes, our community, and uh, bringing expert coaches to our community and holders. I think one of the things that you and I talk about all the time is how to manage stress, but maybe we don't talk about stress specifically. We, we, we're talking about maybe uh, segments and different techniques and um, almost like specializations and how one can kind of optimize their performance or get to a place of just feeling good, feeling better, and, and maybe getting away from some pain and, and some agony. And um, yeah, I think these are, you know, the, the overarching theme is something that we talk about, but uh, today I want to jump into managing stress because um, to be honest, it's something that I've been seeing in, in the NFT space. It's I've been seeing it on Twitter. I've been seeing it in our own community. Um, people coming to us. And I think one of the incredible benefits of doing this podcast weekly is we can be kind of agile with our content. You know, we have a we have a general idea of how we want to provide content and content content themes. But um, if something starts to be, you know, kind of like a theme or there's multiple cases or there's people that come to us asking the same questions uh, or maybe they have the same symptoms that's where you and I can be like okay let's pivot this week let's let's attack the uh, the biggest issue at hand with you know how we can provide value to our community and I think managing stress is a big one for us right now I think um, you know people come to us with symptoms but I think the the underlying issue is uh, high level and ongoing stress and maybe even chronic stress that's uh that's kind of putting some of our holders into this spot of, you know, not feeling like they're performing well, not feeling great when they wake up. Um, and so that's where I want to take it today, Coach B. But uh, before we dive into it, I wanted to, you know, you're recording from a hotel room. If anybody's just listening, uh, you know, you're in a hotel room, you're gearing up for uh, for this this weekend or even today, I think it is that you guys are playing. But uh, maybe you can give us a quick update on what's going on in your world. Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of things going on, and I kind of feel that same level of uh, you know heightened stress a little bit with the different things that are going on. Um, and like I was telling you what, right before we jumped on, um, I am uh, part of the editing crew to try to edit the NSCA uh, hockey strength training book along with Kevin Neal, who's also in Meta Athletes and Boston Bruins performance coach. Um, so. For we got asked to do this in in October, I believe, and we signed up and said yes. And you know, there's nothing to do for a couple months. We picked our authors and we picked the people that we wanted to be involved. And um, all of a sudden, March first hit, and everybody's sending us their chapters. And now, now we're tasked in breaking them down, editing them, returning them, trying to get them back. And it's um, I, I think we chose a a great group of performance coaches, hockey performance coaches to help try to write this book together. Um, but it is, um, it's a challenge to try to chase everybody down and get everybody's work on time. And then um, just, you know, try to put everything together and make things sound as seamless as possible. When you have 12 different people involved, uh, that's a challenge. But uh, on the um, other side, we, we, we are in playoffs um, for our hockey, our men's ice hockey team. And we are in Lake Placid, New York right now. And uh, we play a semifinal game. And so we always tell tell our athletes when we're in playoff mode, like the only game that's guaranteed is this one. If you want to try to have an opportunity to play tomorrow, like that you got to make sure that you're dialed in throughout the week and locked in during practice, making sure that you're recovering, taking care of yourself, control the controllables, and, you know, make sure that we can, our eyes are set on, on Friday and not on Saturday, right? So I think sometimes 
it's so easy to get caught up. Like you're two games away. Like if you win two games, you win a championship and it's so easy to get caught up in, in the future. And uh, you know, the whole week today, this morning is all about trying to make sure our guys are locked in to, to take advantage of what's at stake. And that's only today, you know, and thankfully we are set to play. We're going to play in the NCAA tournament next weekend too, but there's some teams who, who don't have that and they have to try to play their way in. So we know that we're, our season's not over just quite yet, but, um, you know, the team had a goal of winning six trophies this year, and we're four for four so far. And the last two are still at stake. One is our league tournament championship, which is you know, going to be crowned tomorrow, and then national championship. So we'll see. We'll see. We have full faith and confidence in the guys. But, yeah, we uh, the stress levels are heightened a little bit, but all is good. All is good in the world. So this is a uh, – I think this is a great conversation to have at this time. Um, and it's almost like – we can provide things a la carte. Like if, you know, if there's, there's things that, that the community brings up, like we are, you know, we don't have a stock list of things that we're going to cover week to week, but this is a nice opportunity to be able to, um, you know, provide on, almost on demand, you know, for what things are going to be, you know, top of mind for, for the community. I love, I love those uh, shares that you had about the team too, in terms of, you know, talk about stressful time. I mean, some of these athletes, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to be empathetic to their situation, but um, at this level, it's not just a champion. It could also be their future, right? It could be the difference between them getting a good look and uh, potentially, you know, advancing to the next level and playing pro. And um, so there's a lot more that I'm sure these athletes, their mind probably wanders in terms of, you know, putting themselves in a position to, you know, excel and get to the next level. And then for you guys, coaching, coaching staff to bring them back to, to where they are at right now. Right. And uh, going one shift at a time, one game at a time. And so I, I love those messages. I think it's, it's extremely important. And um, yeah, it's really applicable to, I think what a lot of people go through in their lives in terms of looking too far in the future or um, you know, for some people it's even being stuck in the past. Right. And uh, so this, this constant reminder of, you know, staying present, you know, being in the moment, but also um, I like what you said about control what you can control, right? And that's, I think that's a huge factor that we're going to chat on today in terms of managing stress is um, this like neutral mindset, this neutral thinking process of like, not too negative, not too positive, but let's look at the facts and control what we can control, right? I think that's a huge message for us. But um, yeah, Coach B, I want to dive into, you know, hearing some of these community members and, um, and actually, you know, Fanzo was another one that, that recently on a Twitter space, me and him were chatting a little bit. And um, he brought up this, this, you know, this one weekend, he was just feeling off. He just felt like totally drained, exhausted, didn't want to do much. And, um, you know, talking about something that not a lot of people talk about, and it's, it's burnout in, the, in a professional setting, uh, burnout in somebody's life, you know, just whether it's uh, a ton of stressors adding up and putting some people in a, a place of, feeling stuck or they need to, you know, they just feel like there needs to be change in their life. And um, this is something that uh, it totally resonated with me. And, you know, you and I were chatting a little bit before, uh, before we started to record this episode. And it's something that I've experienced pretty heavy a couple of years ago. And um, the reason why I'm even interested in a lot of the stuff that we're going to chat about today is because I, I had to, like, it was a absolute um, must for me to implement these things into my life so that I can get back to what I love doing. And I can get back to, um, you know, really at the end of the day, um, pursuing and achieving full potential, right? Um, I had a moment, uh, it was about, I wanna say about three years ago, and I just started experiencing these symptoms almost out of nowhere. Um, 
you know, started experiencing like blurred vision. I started experiencing uh, feeling like my heart was just pounding, extreme mental fogginess and uh, had trouble keeping up with conversations. And if somebody was talking a bunch, I had to like physically like remove myself. Like for me, it was so hard to concentrate and focus. And uh, these symptoms kind of started piling up for me. And, um, you know, a few other ones that uh, were really big for me were um, had extreme trouble sleeping. Um, like I just always felt like my mind was on. I was always... I was always like switched on and, and had racing thoughts and um, all these things were like piling up. And then one day, just like, it just all like crashed down on me and um, I couldn't look at screens. I couldn't hop on meetings. And uh, I, at first I was like, okay, something's going on. Like something's happening to my body. Something's, something's totally wrong. Like I'm, I'm totally thrown off here. And I was actually on a business trip and I, I was driving up to Philadelphia to meet a client uh, for just a weekend to do a couple meetings and, and just meet in person. And um, I, I was driving and I just had extreme flight or fight, flight, flight or fight mode, like kick in. And um, it's, to be honest with you, it's almost something I've never experienced before. Uh, I had been, you know, I'd, I'd probably be like 26, 27 at this point and uh, had been an athlete, you know, gone to college. I did all the normal life experiences. I've never experienced fight or flight mode. And I didn't even have to have it explained to me. I just immediately knew this is something where I was like paralyzed by fear. And I didn't know if I want to continue on with the trip or turn around and go home. And I've never experienced like that and like anything like that in my life. And um, I ended up going through and driving through to the trip and um, just like feeling like my body was shutting down, like gripping the steering wheel so tight, like, and, and making it there. And then like, I was like, Hey, I think something's up. Like, I think something's wrong with my heart or something's wrong with my body, my brain. I, I just feel like totally off and have, you know, my vision starting to go and all these weird things were like piling up. And luckily this is a great friend of mine, my client and um, his, his wife is a doctor. And I just got to Philly and I called him up. I'm like, Hey man, I'm sitting here, but uh, I think I need to speak to your wife. Cause I think I need to, uh, I think I need to get like a quick check. And I felt kind of bad doing so because, you know, somebody works all day and last thing you want to do is continue working when you get home. But um, I felt like it was an emergency situation. So, you know, asked him and, and she came through, like gave me a quick like neural check and, and made sure everything was good from like a very foundational standpoint of like, is my brain working properly? Do I have my balance? And it was good. Everything was good, but she's just like, okay, you seem good. Um, when you get home, you should get an EKG. You should just make sure everything's good with your heart, make sure everything's good with your system. And um, so I ended up driving home same thing when I was driving home, gripping the steering wheel, you know, two and a half hour drive felt like 10 hours. And um, I just constant, it was like being in uh, flight or flight mode for hours. And it was just totally draining on my body. I could start to feel it because over the next couple of days, by the time it was like four or 5 PM, I had felt like it was 10 PM. I felt like it was midnight and uh, just totally exhausted. Right. So I had like these really weird symptoms and in my head, I was just like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. So I actually called up my dad. I was like, Hey, I need you to take me to, uh, you know, take me into like urgent care and just get a quick check on my heart. And, um, I actually thought it was blood pressure too. <laughs> like I think, uh, or, or, um, blood sugar. I thought I was having blood sugar issues because I was just like, Whoa, like my body feels totally off and, and something's up. So when, went into urgent care and everything just checks out, like there's, you know, all my vitals, EKG came back, everything was good, everything was sound, and they just had like no answers for um, I don't know what was going on with me, but I could just feel like this is totally off, right? And so I ended up going home, and um, you know, I, I got home, 
just started to relax. Um, ended up taking a month off of work, you know, a month off from looking at screens, computer meetings. And I'm an entrepreneur and agency owner. And a lot of the work that's done on a week to week basis <laughs> it requires me to be there either to client face or to delegate. And so it's a time where I felt extremely grateful to have a business partner and a team to, to carry on the, you know, the mission and everything that we're doing, you know, during that time and, and, and during that break. But, um, my big breakthrough is that I spoke to a good friend, uh, you know, coach B, you know, Carl Powley, you know, I spoke to Carl. Yep. I had been following Carl for years. We connected, you know, probably a year or two prior and, um, just through listening and, and watching his content, I was like, Carl's the man. Carl is who I need to call to understand what is going on with me uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. And um, that's that's what totally changed the game for me because Carl had answers for me. And, you know, Carl's not a therapist. He's not a doctor. He's not a medical professional. He, he's just somebody who has massive experience in the world of, um, you know, not only physical fitness, but also emotional and mental. It's something that he's been working on, you know, really religiously over the last couple of years in terms of helping people uh, understand their passion, understand uh, how to regulate and how to uh, excel, you know, emotionally and mentally as, a, as an athlete or just a high performer. And so I got on one call with Carl, I actually hired Carl as a, as a coach. And I, you know, after one call, I understood what was going on with myself. After two calls, Amazing. I now had a game plan, right? After three calls, I was feeling much better. And four calls, I didn't even need to go through. Like, I think we had eight calls set up. I only went through four calls before I was on a on the total trajectory to, to feel and, and honestly just understand better what was happening to myself. And on the first call, he's like, Drew, you're just going way too fast. He's like, you know, the way that you talk, the way that you execute, the way that you do everything is so fast. And your body is literally forcing you to slow down. And to me, it just sounded so simple. I was just like, okay, Carl, like, yeah, it sounds <laughs> right. But I'm telling you, like something's up with my body. And um, it was, it was stress. It was massive stress buildup. And, you know, growing up, like I played competitive sports, I, you know, did everything. I never had this level of uh, stress that I was able to feel like, you know, like if you're, if you have like a, a project and you need to go in front of the class, you know, you get a little bit of anxiety, you get a little sweaty going up there, you get a little nervous, totally normal. I've never felt anything like this stress buildup that I felt, you know, during this time period. And um, it, it made me just uh, reflect a ton, you know, like here I am, I'm working like 10 to 12 hours, totally in front of a screen. And on top of that, I'm on my phone a couple more hours on top of that. Um, so it, it made me reflect on man, way too much. I'm way too plugged in. Uh, first of all, and then I was just like, I'm not eating well, you know, like I'm streamed together, like really, really poor nutrition, uh, meal choices throughout the day, um, eating super late at night, not eating for a period of time, which, you know, fasting does sound good, but if you're not eating nutrition meals on the other side, then, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure. So it wasn't eating properly. It wasn't taking care of my body because I wasn't moving. I went from, you know, intense, you know, competitive athletes to straight into the marketing agency world of sitting at a desk 24 seven. And so wasn't taking care of my body, how I, uh, how I needed to. And so it was a, it was a combination of all these things of me building up stress, being a business owner. Um, and then also not managing and being able to de-stress utilizing some of the things that I, I figured out were necessities. They weren't like, Oh, it's good to work out. I want to look better. I want to, it's like, no, you, you need to work out to, to manage your stress levels. Right. And so this is something that it, I became a little bit obsessed with 
because of how good I was feeling and because of how quickly I was able to heal myself, heal myself through this uh, stress crisis. Like it was a crisis. It wasn't like a, I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety or I'm feeling a little bit of stress. I need to go out and be on vacation. It was a, uh, I couldn't do anything for a month burnout. And um, for me, it was, it was just eye opening for me, coach B like for me, um, it was something where I was just like, I didn't even know, you know, stress could do this. You hear about it all the time, but until you experience it yourself and you're like, no, like I was in crisis mode. I was in, I need to go to the ER crisis mode. And, um, you know, what's bringing this up for me and why I'm sharing this is because I keep on hearing these stories of, of people calling 911, feeling like they have a heart attack and going to literally going to the ER to realize that it's heightened stress. It's anxiety. It's, it's a panic attack. And uh, a lot of the symptoms, you know, I'm sure a lot of the symptoms do have crossover and collaboration with, um, you know, somebody that does have heightened stress and somebody that is having like a cardiac, you know, issue. But it's almost like it, it feels the same, but one can literally end you right there. And the other one, you know, it's it's kind of like a sign. It's like a, this needs to be cleaned up and fixed. And you guys, you know, there's something needs to change before it does get to that point where it's going to, it's going to put you down for, for a long period of time or, or for good. And um, so for me, this was totally eye opening. and uh, yeah, I've been seeing more and more of these cases. I've had friends tell me, I, I went to ER and realized it was just a, a you know, severe panic attack. And so um, for me, you know, everything that I do now. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, people, they'll text me, they'll message me on, on Instagram and fans will talk about it all the time. He realizes it too. But the reason why I do all these things, ice bath, sauna, workout, train, listen to you at a ton, uh, read, meditate. Meditate is a big one, right? Where people don't quite understand the, the full benefits. They just kind of view it as something that's like, oh, it's a cool way to stay calm and, you know, stay collected. Like, no, this is, this is changing my brain chemistry. And so a lot of things I do on a day-to-day -day basis is a is a byproduct of me going through extreme stress burnout crisis. And um, yeah, part of my, my new passion, my new purpose in life is how can we help people before they get to that point? Cause uh, you don't want others to, to feel that and go through that and feel like their body is shutting down on them before they, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> you know, pretty young too, right? Like it was 26, 27. Very young. <laughs> and feeling like my body shutting down is uh, it's an, it's an extreme feeling. Right. So um this is something that totally put me on a path to uh, seek out mentorship, to motivate myself to get better, feel better, and then um, utilize that experience to help others, right? And so I say it all the time that I'm not a medical professional, I'm not a therapist, but when I see the symptoms and when I see other people having these issues, it, it resonates with me and I'm like, hey, I know what you're going through. These are some things that I, I didn't, you know, fortunately for me, and this is something that is important to me is I didn't need to get medicated. I didn't need to go see uh, people all the time. Like for me, I was able to find habits that totally healed myself to a point where I'm back to, you know, in my opinion, being the high performer that I always wanted to be in terms of, you know, uh, a thriving business, um, coaching others, uh, taking care of myself at a high level. Uh, I got back to it fairly quickly within the, I would say like within two to three months, um, I, I totally healed myself from like extreme stress and anxiety. And um, to me, it was, it just showed me the way it showed me that this is the playbook. This is if somebody does not want to get on medication, whether that's fear of uh, side effects, whether that's, they don't want to deal with side effects. Um, maybe they don't want to be dependent on something that they have to take to feel better. To me, it's like, how can I, how can I find ways to do this at any time, anywhere, and so it's meditation, it's breath practice, it's reading, it's journal, it's it's all these things that uh, 
I feel like are very, very holistic and not because like I'm a holistic nut, but because I don't like, what if, what if I lose my medication or what if I, and I'm totally dependent on that. Am I going to go into straight panic? So for me, it was like, a, I want to be self-sufficient with myself, my body, my feelings, my mood, the way I think, the way I'm able to perform. And so it was important for me not to be on medication, but I, I do believe there's a place for it, especially if you're in a yeah. place where, you know, you can't even get to getting into good habits. You can't even get out of bed. You can't even get to um, help yourself in any way that there's certainly a place for it, but uh, it was important to me. And for me, I'm extremely grateful that I was able to get out of that place, you know, pretty naturally. So these are why I'm so obsessed with these tools and uh, these habits and, uh, and continuing to learn and grow and, and, optimize and uh that's why i think meta athletes so important and mentorship like you and, and all the other great coaches that we have it's so significant because um it's a natural way forward in, in most cases you know your thought process and, and how you think about food it's very very natural uh how you think about supplements everything else it's like let's go as natural as possible first and then let's look to supplement you know if we're not mm. able to, to hit a certain expectation or goals and um that's why it's so significant to me and there's just so much low hanging fruit when it comes to stress management, you know, like some of these things that I have down are things that we can start to think about and practice the, the thought process. And there's things that we can start to execute on. And um, yeah, it's not very different from what we usually say uh, on spaces, on podcasts, you know, move your body, yeah. you know, get to a place of calm and mindfulness, uh, take care of your sleep. But I think it's important to have a conversation so people can correlate the, uh, the connection to stress management and some of these topics. So um yeah, Coach B. Well, first of all, I appreciate you listening in and hearing out some <laughs> some of my experience. But that's why I'm so passionate about this stuff. This is why you know when I when I see somebody struggling or or having issues, like I jump at it because I want them to know one, they're not alone, and this is something that I've dealt with. A lot of people deal with, um, and this is what I did to combat it and get back to a place where I felt like I was me again. And um, you want that for others, right? And as a coach yeah. and as a leader, you, you want to take care of others and, and show them that there's there is a way forward and it's something that I've experienced. Right. And I think that's a strong, that's an incredible aspect of mentorship is, Hey, I've been through this. This is how I did it. And now I'm going to show you and see if this resonates with you. And, and that's a path that, you know, makes sense for you and give them at least a tool or give them the, the knowledge for them to make a choice. But um, yeah, appreciate you listening in. Yeah. yeah Drew, I, you know, first of all, I, you know, appreciate the share and you being vulnerable to share your story. Cause I think we, we all have stories, right? We all have stories that, uh, help form and shape our opinions, uh, the words that we use, the interactions that we have and understand, you know, I've known you for a while now, but like for others who are just listening, for them to be able to understand what your kind of what your why is or, you know, how you got to where you are right now and why you do the things that you do on a regular basis so consistently and why you, you know, share and recommend that to others. I think it's 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 important for people to understand the perspectives on, on, on why and, and why you're saying those things and the perspectives of, of why I say the things that I say. And it is, it's, it's come from a place of you, your ability to develop some personal ownership within your life. And you developed ownership because you wanted to feel better. You wanted to manage your stress a little bit better. And I think, you know, the stories that we're hearing right now are, are eerily similar, but a lot of it comes down to, um, People experiencing stress within their lives and not having the playbook or not being confident in the playbook or not being consistent with the steps along the way, um, they're going to allow them to gain ownership and control of their own lives. Because I think that's where 
a lot of problems start to arise is with, with stress is the inability to understand optimal coping skills or mechanisms that you can do or practices that you can implement to be able to manage that. Like, you know, stress isn't, not all stress is bad stress. You know, I think that's what people need to understand too. Stress is just a reaction. Stress is your body's reaction to a challenge or a demand, right? And sometimes stress can be positive. Like if you're going into a competition, like sometimes stress can be really good. Um, but stress can also be negative too. And I think that's where a lot of people just, when they hear the word stress, instantly people think about the negative. But sometimes if you're going to meet, you know, if there's somebody that you really like, like a, you know, like a, your significant other, you haven't seen them for a long period of time, like you get a butterflies in your stomach. That's a positive stressor because you're excited to see them. Or if you haven't seen your parents in a long time, or, you know, if your dad was deployed in the, and you haven't seen him in a while, like you're going to feel anxious. Your heart rate's going to go up. Your blood pressure is going to go up. Your pupils are going to dilate. Those are all symptoms, but that's a positive stressor. You're excited about that. Or your birthday's coming up or a big celebration's coming up. Those are all, that's, you're, you're going to feel those feelings you feel within your body. That's stress, right? And that those, that's a form of positive stress. So I think it's important for everybody to understand that not all stress is negative. You know, stress is, stress is a good thing too. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point, Coach B. And this is where, um, you know, we've had this conversation before about putting stress on your body through working out, putting stress on your body, you know, or, yes. or other, as a way to actually break down and build back up stronger over time, right? Yes. Um, I think the, the differentiator here and what we're talking about and where we see a lot of issues is it's not an event. It, it's something that's becoming kind of chronic, right? It's, it's becoming, it's cumulative. Yeah, it's it's a long period of stress over days, weeks, months. Mm. That then we start to see issues. And where I kind of equate this is same thing with an athlete, right? The, you talk about overtrain. You talk about um, you know if if they go in every single day and and they're putting in the work and they're not you know putting themselves in the situation you know uh, opportunity to recover, then maybe that that prolonged period of stress actually shuts down their body or it puts them in a place where they're not growing as effectively because they're not letting themselves recuperate and, and get to a place of, of healing. Right. So um, that's where I kind of equate this is a hundred percent what you're talking about. Like I, I totally get that uh, anxiety, the stress from these events, but when it becomes prolonged over time and, and you're not taking care of the roots of why the stress is coming on and piling on, that's where we're starting to run into some of these issues. Right. And so you know, off the top of my head, some things that were extremely helpful for me, like I quickly understood, I read a couple books, um, you know, like Jim Quick was a, was a book that I read. Um, and it just helped me quick. There you go. Limitless. Yeah. It, it helped me quickly understand um, what we should be doing to help our brain be in optimized form, right? Uh, simple things. Like, you know, I think a lot of people think you need to do like, you know, crossword puzzles, Sudoku, all these things to like really challenge your brain. But uh, you do, right? Th those things are helping you long-term and, and building more and more uh, connections and pathways. But for me, like I really dialed into the simple things like, oh, blueberries, oh, eating more fish, oh, omega-3. Like to me, it was so simple to be like, okay, you know, drinking green tea alone probably isn't going to, you know, make a huge impact on my mental health. But uh, over time, if I'm in introducing five to 10 foods that are known to help me with, with cognition, focus, and mental health, you know, mental and brain health, then I think it will make a difference. And it did make a difference for me uh, pretty instantly. And so, you know, that was a book that I read and I just quickly figured out that nutrition plays a huge impact into our own mental health and our own ability to, to manage stress. 
what I'm curious from your end is, you know, and we talked about this a little bit in guide to nutrition and supplements, but it, sometimes it's just giving your body what it needs to, to do what it needs to do, right? Like if we, if we are deficient in minerals and vitamins and our body's not able to do what it's supposed to do from a, a biology standpoint, that's where I think we start to run into some, to some of these issues, right? So just by giving your body, um, you know, we talked about the brain being like 70 to 80% water. And so being dehydrated, like instantly, it, you know, knocks down a few points on your cognition level. Like to me, that's incredible, right? Like just drinking water Massive changes. Can, can help your mental health. Mm -hmm. Just eating certain types of foods that have minerals and vitamins that are crucial for the way that we look, feel, think, um, it, you know, to me that that's so much low hanging fruit. Um, you know, moving your body. We've talked about this a ton. You know, that's another huge one. Um, but one that I really want to dive into right now is is something that, you know, we've been preaching for quite a bit and it's it's mindfulness and meditation. Mm. And I really think that this was, you know, when I, when I hear somebody has an issue, you know, with some of these symptoms that they're dealing with and I think it's stress-related, anxiety-related. Uh, and I think you do this too. Like <laughs> we immediately ask the question, do you meditate or have you heard about it, right? Like, and um there's incredible tools out there where you don't need to be a monk. You don't need to be, you know, somebody that's extremely spiritual, or I think what a lot of people tend to, to think about when it comes to meditation, um, you know, I, I, my brain goes to hearing about like Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs, you know, he, he's probably one of the first, you know, ex I would consider him to be like a global thought leader that practiced and also shared the practice of meditation. I think his favorite book is the autobiography of a Yogi, right? Like a book that I probably won't sit down and read, but just by looking at that book and realizing like what his, um, you know, what he prioritized, it made total sense to me. And it also helped me realize why he was such a visionary, why he was able to uh, think so clearly and, and lead a company to being a, a top global company in the world. And um, that's where my mind goes, goes to. It also goes to like LeBron James. It mm. also goes to Kobe, you know, like it's starting to come out more and more that a, a lot of their training is on the mental side and mm -hmm. people hear that and they talk about it but for some reason there's a roadblock for them to be like oh lebron meditates but to me there's one thing that like happened that was incredible is he partnered with calm you know a, a platform that i've been using and to me that was a huge game changer it's just like a credibility authority you know partnership which you know it sounds very markety like it sounds very marketing heavy and oh you know lebron partnered with the meditation app but in reality, it's crucial for his day-to-day. -day. And it's mm -hmm. crucial for him to be able to perform, you know, every single night at, at the highest level um, with this heightened ability to visualize, heightened ability mm -hmm. to uh, work through tough and stressful situations. And um, it's one of the things that I think I shared this with you before too, that um, I had very little REM sleep, if any at all, for almost years, which sounds like to me, to me sounds like crazy. And it is crazy. Um, but I was tracking it and I was realizing that I wasn't getting REM sleep. And I wasn't, I was, I never like probably from the age of like 21 to 26, I don't really remember dreaming at all. I would never wake up and be like, oh, that was a really vivid dream. I don't remember dreaming at all. The first like two weeks I started meditating, um, instant bump in REM sleep. And I started memorizing my dreams. Like every, every day I would dream. And um, to me, it was one of those things where you hear about it, people talk about it, mm. LeBron James is doing it, but now this is making a insane result. And there's a, there's a crazy result happening in my own experience. And to me, that was like, that's what like 
totally like latched me on. I'm like, okay, meditation is now a part of my day to day because um, I know it's good for me. I immediately feel better, but now I'm getting this data back on a, a really critical aspect of my stress management, which is sleep. Mm. That's showing me, hey, I'm being a much more effective in, in this time of, of rest and recovery. And it, it was huge for me. And so I'm kind of curious, did you like, first of all, you're Indian. I think, yeah. you know, due to your, due to your heritage, I think it's, you, it's a little bit more natural. It's a little bit part of your history, your family history. Um, I don't know if it was, it was prevalent for you growing up in your household, but um, I'm kind of curious, did you have like that moment where like you understood that meditation was, you know, that it, it was that impactful and something that you wanted to practice lifelong? No, it you know, and I, and looking back at it, like the way you bring it, the way you bring it up, um, I was around it, you know, all the time. Like I, um, I'm a Hindu, but I don't, I never really, I don't really practice it. And I never really practiced it growing up. Um, but my, you know, I'd be around family. My, when my grandparents would come over from India, they would stay with us and, um, they would pray every single day and prayer was their form of meditation. Like they would pray um, they would do the, I remember my grandfather vividly, like he would do his exercises every morning. He would pray every morning and that was his routine. And he'd, and he'd walk outside, right. He'd get his vitamin D, you know, that that's what they would do. Um, and then my mom over the course of years, like she would pray every day. And my first exposure to like meditation, as we call it, I think was learning about Phil Jackson. And learning about how he implemented meditation um, into his coaching with the Chicago Bulls. And then I'm a Lakers fan. And so when he became, then he got to the Lakers, like I remember reading stories and hearing stories about, you know, his coaching methods and, and um, teaching Shaq how to meditate and eventually getting Kobe to meditate and getting them to understand like how important it is to develop the skill of controlling your mind. And that's what I think, that's what meditation really is. Um, but there's a couple things that stood out, like when you were, when you were sharing, I think we know the value of meditation, especially when you hear people like Steve jobs or LeBron James or Kobe or Phil Jackson or Michael Jordan, or the, you know, the, these elite of the elite, like the, these one percenters, I think some people realize they're like, they're like, Oh, that's not me. I think that's their cop out, right? They'll say, Oh, that's not me. Well, why isn't it you? It could be you. Maybe athletically, it may not be you. Maybe basketball skill-wise, it may not be you. But you could still become the best version of yourself, which is a high performer. And if you can level out the playing field to a degree and you start to understand everybody's a human being and everybody has potential, and you start to look at yourself as that or through that lens, and you start to decide to take action, you could do the same things that they could do. Maybe not at this, you know, like I said before, like maybe not competitively, you know, a professional basketball player or um, the CEO of Apple, but in your own way, maybe you can develop your creative abilities. Maybe you can develop some other skill sets. Maybe you can become a better spouse. Maybe you can become a better teacher. Maybe you can be, you know, all these types of things. And the things that we share are, they're, it doesn't require a large skill set. Like you said before, they're low hanging fruit, but it comes down to actually making the choice to spend the time, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to actually open up the app or listen to something and develop that mindfulness ability and meditate yourself. Um, so I think that's, you know, 
the, there's a gap there. There's a gap there of, of people realizing that they can be they can become better, and they can develop these same things. And and don't put people on a pedestal, you know, just because of the status that they have or the 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 amount of money that they may make. Like, there's a lot of common practices that we can all develop, and uh, we just got to be able to make to take that that step. But um, yeah, it, it's you know, looking back at it, like I guess meditation was always around in different forms. Um, I like, I'm not a big prayer guy, but you know, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Like that's, um, I think prayer is a large part of developing mindfulness. And I remember like totally. sitting, sitting, sitting in some of those masses and I'm like, like fidgeting everywhere. You know what I mean? My mind going everywhere. And I think as I've gotten older, you appreciate this, the act of stillness. You, you appreciate the, the quiet a little bit more. You appreciate those moments when they're, when you can literally, you know, taking things around you, taking nature, taking um, an interaction, a conversation, and it's it 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 brings peace to you, right? Like it there there's things that start to happen to you, um, and all it is is you just you just gain a sense of control or you gain a level of awareness. Like the brain is the brain is crazy, right? The brain is really a remarkable organ. Like if you start to think about it, and you know, there's more and more research that comes out about the brain, but we still there. There's so much of the brain that we don't truly quite understand. But it is, um, it is extremely powerful in it. Like I say it to staff and interns, like it's the governor. Like it controls anything and everything that happens within your body, your physical actions, your non-physical actions. Uh, it, it's 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 extremely powerful, and it can do so much good. So so much good. But it could also do a lot of harm too if we allow it to. And meditation is one of those types of practices that where we can gain a sense of control over our brain to a degree, right? It it's it can control some of that overthinking that we may have, that stressing over what we cannot fix, um, being anxious over the future, right? I think that's a big thing that a lot of people really start to start, you know, it starts to happen to a lot of people. Um, and there's ways that we can control it and being mindful and, and, and studying the practice of meditation is a large way to gain some control over our thoughts and develop that, that personal awareness. And you felt it. I felt it. Um, I know there's people within the community that we've recommended it to that they've had some massive changes and it's actually, it's just, it's being willing to take that step. Um, and then once you do it a couple of times and you start to notice like the things that you, you notice, like you notice that your REM sleep increase, you notice that the, quality of your dreams started to improve. And then you start to notice, did you notice changes in your body too? Like, did you feel better? Did you feel more energy? A thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, felt better, had more energy, felt more rested. I mean, there's times where I'll sit down for a two to three minute, you know, meditation. I feel like I just woke up from a nap. And, mm. you know, like to me, that's incredible. And Darnell's, you know, Darnell McDonald leading some meditations on a Monday where, you know, we'll check in with each other and then boom, we'll do like a five minute meditation. I'll literally open my eyes and feel like I just woke up from sleep. And so like those types of experiences um, are incredibly helpful for myself, but also, um, yeah, I love what you're saying because I think a lot of, a lot of stress is also built in our own heads, mm -hmm. you know, like unnecessary stress, oh, yeah. unnecessary crisis built in our own head. So just by the factor of us being able to, you know, control is, is definitely, uh, you know, part of that equation, but if you could just ease it down and get to a place of peace, calm. And um, I totally agree with you. There's so much that we don't even know, but 
it's been, but meditation has been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Praying has been around for thousands of years. Um, I think I, I am totally with you. I think meditation comes in many forms. It could be reading. It could be yoga. It could be yeah. things that people don't necessarily equate to like, you know, eyes closed, you know, fingers touching meditation. But um, I totally agree with you. I think it's one of those things where, and and people should seek out some of these hobbies, right? Like they should look for, hobbies that don't require in, intense focus and don't require um, them to be plugged in. You know, like I love fishing. I think fishing mm. is a great meditative mindfulness activity for myself. Right. Um, I love just getting into nature. You know, I've even read and heard that um, our bodies, you know, our brain has to go into overdrive to understand and to even just visually help us understand what's going on around us in a man-made world versus being in nature on a hike around water trees and that that's almost what we're geared for and made for and and for us it's very very simple for us to walk through the woods and um you know understand the lay of the land and to us it's almost a place of peace because we don't have to go into overdrive to understand it versus being in the city you know people talk about being overstimulated you know you have construction noise you have car you have things flying by you at 70 miles an hour you have massive buildings and so and billboards and flashy billboards. And so you start to piece it together and you're like, wow, when I just walked through the city, my brain is working in overdrive to just understand and just to uh, have general understanding of what's going on around me without even us realizing how much, you know, brain output and cognition is needed to, to focus in that, in that setting versus sitting next to a beach and just hearing the waves and watching yeah. it, hearing what's the waves the and watching it. Right. It's the inputs, right? right? Like your so, inputs and then your brain determines the desired outputs. Right. And that's right. all it, it's that's your proprioception, that's your kinesthetic awareness. It's and you gotta take you take in your environment, your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. I mean your mouth if you taste anything, your nose, right. like that that's how you gain senses. And that all those is is those are inputs for your brain to deliver a certain output. Right. And if you're getting sensory overload from all of your senses simultaneously, your brain is going to be like, oh, oh like, it might be too much. But totally. when you're in nature, you can hear the birds chirp or you can hear the breeze move the leaves or you can hear the ocean. You can like now you're not desensitized to nature, but your senses are not on overload, right? Like the volume right. just got turned down a little bit. And so you can develop a sense of calm. You can develop a sense of peace. I think that's what people need to start to understand too. If you start to feel stressed and anxious, maybe you need to, you know, lower the volume on everything that's happening around you. Right. It's, it's been so helpful for me to um, find these hobbies, find ways to spend my time. That's not plugged into my phone or in front of my laptop or watching TV even. Um, And that's, you know, that's a huge stress management, um, you know, critical factor for myself is, you know, even if it's walking my dogs, it's just like going out mm. there and, you know, I could easily walk my dog and be on my phone or walk my dog and be on a podcast. Um, but that's a moment, that's a five to 10 minutes. You break throughout my day, <clears throat> a couple times a day where listen to the birds, watch the trees, you know, look at, look at the sky. It sounds so silly, but that's what, that's what I attribute to. Um, you know, I love walking. There's a, there's a nature park um, a state park, probably like five, 10 minutes away from my house. One of my favorite things to do is literally just go there, walk my dogs and just be away from like where my brain has to be on and just enjoy it. And 
Um, when I heard that, you know, it, it's just more natural for your brain to understand these, these surroundings and situations, it made total sense to me. I was like, this, that's why I love going to that place and just totally unplugging, go on airplane mode, you know, and, and, and just give an opportunity to be calm. But, um, yeah, this, this is great coach B. I don't know if, you know, we covered a lot today. Um, you know, for me, I think one of the, the other big things other than, you know, things that we could instantly do for ourselves in terms of habits, good habits, um, the way that we think, the way that we're choosing to, to understand what's going on with us and how we can proceed forward, um, developing passion for, for things that allow you to get to a place of peace and calm. Um, we talked a little bit about purpose and utilizing our experience to help others. I'm kind of curious, just one last, you know, if, if there's anything that we missed, you know, maybe an athlete comes to you, Coach B, mm -hmm. you know, it's getting to me. Everything, schoolwork's getting to me. And working out and, and the stress of, of being a D1 athlete's getting to me. Um, is there anything on your, like, checklist that we kind of didn't touch on that you, you want to make sure that our listeners know about? Yeah, we, we talked about meditation. We talked about exercise. We talked about eating well. Um, one of the two biggest things that I that often recommend, too, is, is um, connect, right? I think that's a big one. Is yep. like connecting with others. We kind of talked about, touched about that, but that's important is, and when I say like connecting, like, you know, giving of yourself, because sometimes real often, like we internalize everything and we internalize things that may not be going well for us. And we internalize things that maybe we don't have, but when we connect with another human being, we connect with a teammate, we connect with an individual, we're realizing in, in giving of ourselves, it it's, it's almost practicing gratitude, right? And I think that's that kind of goes in hand in hand is um, when we practice gratitude and we're willing to connect with others, we take the focus and attention away from us to a degree, and we're more appreciative, right? And when we appreciate when we appreciate things around us and we appreciate the, the ability to connect, the ability to have a conversation, the ability to learn, the ability to grow, those types of things allow us to have a, like a, a greater sense of calm, a greater sense of awareness, a greater sense of self-worth a little bit. And, and that's been shown to improve our mood, improve our overall well-being. And I think wrapping that up in a nutshell, it's, it's being positive. Like it's, when, you're yeah. great, when you're grateful and you are positive, you will find the good in everything. And yeah. there is direct correlation. Like when you're negative, and you're an energy vampire and you see the bad and everything, like your stress levels are, are dramatically heightened. They're increased. Uh, there's greater levels of depression. Um, like your cognitive function is going to decrease. And in, your ability to solve a problem is going to be much less too. Like I'll always say, like if an athlete says that to me, you know, and they're, they're saying negative ways and how they're feeling, I'll often say, well, how's that working out for you? And then you just say, well, it's not working out for me. So I'm like, all right, so then we need to start to implement some change. So let's think right. about the things that you're doing well, right? Instead of thinking about the things that you're not doing, you know, so gain a sense of control of what you got, what you have in front of us. And that's simple, right? That's what we talk about low hanging fruit. Like, like, you know, it does take practice because if somebody's yeah, wired to think it's, it's attitude, right? It's, yeah, almost, yeah, it's like, it you know, you talk about this all the time. You control your effort. You control your attitude. Yeah, and the attitude over time then becomes your reality, and then that's something that it's it, totally true in terms of practicing gratitude. Um, yeah, there's two things that you mentioned, or uh, one thing, and then one thing that I think I can build on on top of that. The first one is like I think as humans we have this sense of belonging, 
Like we, you know, whether it's community-based, team-based, family-based, friendship-based, maintaining those relationships and feeling like you belong is something that a hundred percent, every single human feels like they they want to be, yeah, yeah, they want to be friends with people. They want people to like, you know, these are all natural uh, things. And so I think sense of belonging is huge. And that's why, you know, men athletes and community is so important to us as well, because it's a critical factor. But um, you also mentioned connecting. And I think another you know, there's, there's a reason why talk therapy is so popular and mm-hmm. that a lot of people, you know, for me, I don't need, like, for me, I, I haven't, I've never gone to a licensed therapist and like had like sessions where we've chatted. I've always had close mentors. And for me, it's been so helpful just to, you know, people say, you know, for me, it's even me, even like marketing concepts and ideas of like, I do this to you all the time where like, I'll, I'll be like 9, 30, 10 PM at night. Like, <laughs> I, need, I need to talk to somebody about this. Cause I think it's, it's huge. And, um, <laughs> you know, cause I'm playing it in my head and I'm like, okay, these are the outcomes. These are, these are the ways that it could be perceived. And that's how I think about psychology and marketing. And when I talk to somebody else, like getting your feedback is important to me, but almost hearing myself talk out loud and saying it to somebody else allows me to form a, a much more solidified opinion on if, if this is something I want to move forward with or not. That's why I love having conversations with people about my business, meta athletes, how we can help them, how we can help somebody's business. Um, because one, there's confidence being built up for me hearing it over and over again. But it also like for me is like the best way to like, I, I can play it in my head. I can write it down. I can, you know, create a blog about it, but there's something about sharing it with somebody else you know, it's like this feeling of like, when you have a funny YouTube video or a funny gift, you want to show it to somebody else and like, you see the reaction and then you're like, oh wait, this is actually not that funny. I don't know why I'm sharing this. It's kind of like that feeling, but like a a marketing idea, a marketing concept. And so it's incredibly helpful for me, but if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling, um, you know, everything that you just mentioned, like like bottling it in and, and, you know, getting to a place where this is actually going to harm me over time, not so much make me feel better by, by holding it in. Um, that's another like key factor. And so, you know, talk therapy is not something I've experienced personally, but I would be very open to it with a, a licensed therapist, somebody that I connect with. Um, I think Carl Pally was kind of that resource for me mm. early on when I was, when I had a lot of stress and, and, you know, my father, my parents, my family, those were other, other great options where, Hey, it's kind of like what I'm dealing with and that's what I'm feeling. And, um, you know, people can't really help you unless they know. You know, yeah. and so it's also important for that connecting for them to realize like w- what it is somebody's going through. So they can be a better resource. They can check in on you, things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's crucial one connecting. Um, and sorry to cut you off. I just want to throw that in there. Was there anything else coach B, you know, that, that you feel is like a, a really important, you know, factor to, to manage stress? No, I think we covered, you know, I think we covered the, the heavy ones, right? Like the, the ones that are going to be able to deliver the greatest amount of impact, right? So meditation, we talked about exercising regularly, right? And sometimes there might be, when it comes to exercise, I think sometimes there f- people are fearful. They're fearful initially of exercising because of, my, of how it might make them feel. When right. in reality, like there's lots of different forms of exercise and there's varying levels of intensity, right? Like going for a walk is exercise. Anytime right. moving your body, right? So the way we look at it, the way I look at it is our bodies are designed to move and exercise is used to enhance your ability to move. Like if you think about it that way. So if we understand how we move, we can squat, push, pull, bend, uh, go through gait, we can walk, we can sprint, all those type of things. We can carry things like those are all forms of movement. Exercise is just used to enhance that level of movement. And if you're 
movement comprehension or movement capabilities are limited right now, do what you can. We're not asking you to be a division one athlete or professional athlete. Like just do what you can do, do it consistently. And what you start to notice is that your exercise, when you do it regularly, you're going to start to develop confidence and you start to develop confidence in doing things that you probably couldn't do before. So that's, that's a big one. Uh, our nutrition, making sure that we try to stay away from an inflammatory diet so that we can, our, our body can function a little bit better. We're ba- balancing acids and bases within our body, like fruits and vegetables between proteins, uh, connection, um, and then being positive and grateful. I think those are, those are massive, it's massive huge, things yeah. that you can do. And it requires a very low skill set. <laughs> yep. That, and that's what, that's what I want to base the conversation around is, you know, it doesn't require equipment. It doesn't require, um, you know, spending thousands of dollars a month. I think there's a lot of stuff that we should seek out first before we get mm. to the extreme, you know, uh, extreme uh, solutions. But um, two other ones that we didn't really touch on that, you know, we did touch on it, just not in depth because we did a podcast on sleep already. And I think that if sleep is something that you struggle with, then, you know, seeking out that podcast episode that we did, I think is extremely helpful because I think getting good quality sleep to me, you know, man, first of all, if you're extremely stressed, it's hard to get sleep in my experience. And I think a lot of people that we chat with also have trouble sleeping and it's because of a place of stress. And so I think building a really good routine for sleep is, uh, is critical for this. Um, now there's one more that I was thinking about, uh, Oh, something that we recently implemented in our, in our community is something called coach bot. And it's very, very simple. It totally transparent with everybody. It's a support ticket, you know, system bot that's already been built for discord. Um, we just rebranded it and we just made our utility extremely accessible, uh, within the meta athletes ecosystem. And, you know, if you have a question, you have further thoughts, things weren't very clear for you, or you need a good game plan, like a quick game plan of, of how to proceed forward. Um, you, all you have to do is go to our discord, verify your meta athlete token and, uh, submit a, a ticket to coach bot. And it could be, you know, it could be something that we touch on today, or it could just be, Hey, I'm feeling stressed and just letting us know. I think um, another factor and, and benefit of CoachBot is not just getting the playbook and getting good advice, but maybe you just want to talk to somebody. Maybe you just want to let them know and let the community know, like, hey, I'm kind of uncomfortable sharing this with everybody, but I want to let the team at MetaAthletes know because I know you guys care that uh, these are some things that I'm dealing with and these are some things that are stressing me out recently. And um, it's helpful for other people to understand what people are going through, right? Like I mentioned that earlier. So if you want to use CoachBot just as an outlet to chat, then uh, that's another great application for for building that out. And, and for us, even putting it into system is because, um, yeah, we, we would love to be that support system for you guys. But uh, Coach B, this is a, a great one. I feel better sharing my story a little bit. I feel better talking some of these things out because um, it's just helping me reflect even deeper on, you know, what this could mean for myself, what it could mean for others. Um, so appreciate you coming on and sharing and um, yeah, another great episode for, for our podcast and look forward for everybody to uh, tune in, please help share, subscribe, review. Um, you know, we're, we have a much more dedicated effort to get these contents out to social. And so if you're on social, please feel free to, to share it and uh, let people know your thoughts. We also did a recently, <clears throat> recently did a podcast on uh, sitting down sitting down too much and five things that you can do coach B, which I know was just a long form video that we kind of transitioned to podcast. But it was too good not to share on the podcast because I think it's something that, you know, probably 90% of our, our community and, and a lot of people out there deal with, and they have these symptoms of back pain, stiffness, yeah. leg stiffness. And um, so uh, incredible tips shared there. Um, so that's another great podcast that people should tune into, but um, 
Yeah, Coach B, I don't know if there's anything else you want to want to leave us with, but uh, appreciate your insights today. No, I, the only last thing is I really appreciate you sharing. I think it gives a little context, like a lot of context to everything it is, everything that is behind med athletes. And so I think right. everybody would be, you know, I think everybody can, if they can understand your why a little bit more, I think it, it you know, it just increases the value of everything that med athletes is now and it will be in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, it's an incredible context uh, point for the why and the mission, the mission that we're building and uh, why I think so many other people resonate with the mission, which makes it really impactful and, and uh, for me, uh, helps inspire others, right? And so, yeah, thank you, Coach B. Appreciate everybody for listening in. Talk soon.